of session number four coming at you with an incredible guest with us today. This is also episode eight. I know that in the last episode, I was a little confused about what number we were on, but for your <laughs> reference, this is episode eight, and we have Jay with us today. Jay, welcome to this podcast. I hope you're going to enjoy this as much as I have been enjoying it. Uh, please feel free to introduce yourself. Okay, yeah. Um, so hi, I'm Jay uh, on social media. Uh, I also go by The Mandrake as uh, my witchy sort of profile. I'm trying to make that happen. Um, and what would you like me to say about myself? What should, should I? I mean, if that's all you want to say, that's great. <laughs> you can say whatever uh, you want to say. Well, I, uh, I, uh, I, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm an actor. Um, I'm uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a theater performer. I uh, yeah, I'm at a loss for words. I don't know. It's okay. it's interesting talking. I I guess I it, there's that judgment of like you, or that self consciousness, right? Of mm. like you know not wanting to appear a certain way or wanting to appear a certain way but uh yeah I'm I'm I I'm really glad I'm reconnecting with Gabriella um we fell out of touch for a bit and now we are coming back together and it's really beautiful and powerful I uh I my artistic work is really tied with, you know, intuition and really tied with ritual and ceremony. And that's really where right now a lot of my interests and focus are and sort of bringing, uh, bringing my intuitive discoveries and ceremony into my storytelling and into my art. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Thank you. That was awesome. Just for the record, I, I love asking people to introduce themselves because I, I, I personally feel that it's great to give people the space to introduce themselves however they see fit. Um, mm. So if your answer was like, I am one, two, three, I would have been totally happy with that as well. <laughs> it's whatever you want it to be. Um, because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, what I am is, is, what like it's i am there there's nobody else or nothing else that defines that for you and, and you get to pick that so yeah that's why i ask people to introduce themselves mm. and i i think that was an awesome introduction um before we started recording we were just talking about things and you had asked me a question um mm -hmm. can you repeat the question yeah uh, my question was uh so gabriella has shared for shared that in their life they were briefly involved in uh satanism for a bit mm. um and i was just really curious about that because uh that means different things for different people mm -hmm. and you know there's sort of intersections between that and uh you know the ritual spaces i've moved through and you know it's sort of like i i've heard about things and mm -hmm. i'm curious yeah what, yeah. what that was like for you and what that meant for you. 
Awesome. Yeah. So, so um, my, my background in terms of like what I was brought up with was Christianity. And it was a very, uh, at, at, in my earlier years, it wasn't a very religious household. And then sort of over time, it became very evangelical, you know, mm. Pentecostal, very much. Uh, and, and also just very, very strict. Um, hmm. So, so that happened and, and it, it, it informed my life quite a bit at the time. Um, although I must say, like looking back, I also, I took on the beliefs. I was, I was a good kid and I wanted to be a good kid. And that meant mm. um, paying attention and listening. And so I, you know, I certainly believed the, the things that were handed to me. And, and I felt that I had a, a great relationship with uh, God or Christ at the time and the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. And, and mm-hmm. you know, I, mm-hmm. I felt connected and uh, things, things like my relationship with, um, you know, the Holy Spirit and God as it was presented to me was fairly good. Um, <clears throat> then at some point, like along the way, I kind of, I, I realized that my commitment to my religion was getting in the way of me being able to like make friends uh, with, with the people I wanted to be friends with or kind of mm. do, do the kinds of things that other kids were doing. Um, and I, I felt isolated and I felt like I was limited to like the Christian kids and I didn't want to be limited. I wanted, <laughs> I, I wanted the rest of the world too. And I, I just, mm-hmm. I got, I, yeah, I, I felt limited. So one night I had, and, and I've, I haven't really told this story very much. I can't even think of anyone I've told this story to, but one night I was in prayer and I said, Hey God, listen, um, like I'm a teenager and you know, I'm in <laughs> high school and, uh-huh. and I just feel very isolated and I feel like it's because of my relationship with you. And so I think I would like to kind of go out into the world and not be Christian um, and not like be this committed to you. Um, so that I can like explore the world and experience it. Um, so I was like, yeah, that, that was my conversation with God. And, and then, and that was it. And so I kind of like put my, I took my Christian hat off and, and put it down. And that was that. Um, how, did, how did God respond, if any? Did you, did you feel like? Oh, no, God was totally like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, it was like not not a problem. It wasn't a big deal. It, like, it worked. Wasn't a big I love deal. it. Take that conservative. <laughs> like, God was like, "You want to be a Satanist? Go for it, honey. Do you?" Yeah, I did. I did not in any way feel like it wasn't okay. It was like All right, I love that. Thanks for you know letting me know. I guess. <laughs> like, just uh-huh. on. Um. So so that happened. Then I kind of you know since then I you know slowly shed myself of uh, the Christian ideals and values and, and let myself explore other things. Because at the time, really what I wanted in high school was friends. That's, that's what I wanted. And I felt like my, my Christian beliefs were just one huge block in the way. Mm. Um, 
fast forward to a few years later, and I'm about 17, 18. Um, and at this point, I'm feeling a lot of uh, resentment. I'm carrying a lot of anger, um, you know, feeling lonely and sort of um, at at my wits end with life and, and not knowing what to do about it and kind of just just very angry at the world for all the all the suffering in my life and like and mm. like just just wondering like why it was all the way it was and that led me to seek answers and in seeking answers you know i i because because i was so angry i was of course looking for people and things to blame and one of the things that i started blaming was my family and by like by extension i was i was blaming christianity as well and kind of going mm-hmm. well, if, if it weren't for this religion and if it weren't for my parents who shoved this down my throat um you know i i wouldn't be where i am etc um so so in my kind of like pursuit of looking for other answers, other beliefs, ideas, I came across lots of religions and lots of things. Um, and then I stumbled upon a book by Anton LaVey, I believe. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I started reading that book and it just, for me, it made me feel like it was okay for me to want what I want. Like mm. it it made me feel like it wasn't wrong for me to have desires and it Mm. wasn't wrong for me to express them and to pursue them. Like I didn't have to, I didn't have to constantly be selfless. Like I could be, I could be selfish. Like that Mm. was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it made that okay for me. So I read that book and then just basically started reading other books and I came across various Satanist sects. And, and one of the ones that uh, stood out to me was actually one that I kind of like pursued a little further. Um, and I, I don't remember the name of it, but basically, <laughs> basically there, the, the, uh, the narrative there is that um, Satan is actually, you know, because Satan was Lucifer, Satan is actually the light and, um, you know, the, the actual dark uh, path is that of Christianity because it, it, um, it's, it's guiding and leading people astray from, from the truth and the one true God, etc. So it was like, it was like Christianity, but the op, like the characters had switched um, spots. <laughs> Jesus had become Satan and Satan had become Jesus. And I was like, oh, this is, this is so interesting. And I loved that. And I totally ran with it because I thought, what a great way to like turn this whole thing on its head. Like the light mm-hmm. is actually the dark and the dark is actually the light. And that, uh-huh. like, that made sense in my head because I figured, you know, if you really are taking on this whole idea that, you know, at the time um, I, I consider to be the, the Christian narrative that, you know, the devil um, is a trickster and constantly manipulating and tricking everyone into falling, like, into his traps. Um, and so if you, like, I figured if I actually believe that that's the case, then of course the thing that I think is light is probably not light because that's how the devil works. 
right? That's, that's how the trickster works. The trickster is a trickster. Um, and if uh, they're very good at it, then they would dupe you into thinking that what you believe is light is actually not the real um, light. So, so I went with that and I ran with it. Um, <clears throat> because, so, so, the, so that was kind of like one part of that journey um, or kind of like the, 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 the things that were driving me. The other part was because I was so angry at the world and angry at everything, I wanted to regain a sense of control. And I, I wanted mm. to feel like I was the one in power. So I was very, very power driven. I was power hungry. Um, and so while I was um, like changing my perspectives on things with the kind of material that that Satanist sect and, and other books were, were presenting me. Um, I was also actively seeking ways to unleash like a powerful sorcerer, sorceress, like within myself. I was also seeking like, um, the tools and practices that would help me unleash that beast within myself so that I could be powerful and I could be in control. Um, so, so there were kind of like two parallel things going on for me. And yeah, so I, I would, you know, just kind of, I, I don't know if you want to know about like what I actually did. I was just, you know. Well, um, no, it's, it's, it's really fascinating to me. Yeah. All of this is really fascinating to me. Continue, please. Hmm. Yeah, so so I I just kept reading things, kept uh, kind of uh, meeting different people who also identified as Satanists, and as well as uh, people that identified as pagan and witches, and I kind of started to surround myself more and more with that, um, and I started getting involved in rituals, and I've sold my soul three times, FYI. <laughs> Three times. Girl, have we all, honey? Yep, have yep. we all? Yep, yeah. He, uh, gives, he, gives, he gives good incentives, that daddy Satan, that, yeah, that one, yeah. Mr. Lucifer. Mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, um, as I kind of was doing all of that, I came across this one book online, um, and I, I, I haven't been able to find it since. Um, and it was just kind of like a PDF file. And it was like at the end of like me doing a bunch of research and kind of like playing, um, going down the rabbit hole of like clicking one link and then another link. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, another. Mm -hmm. um, so Google I came magic, mm -hmm. that good old Google magic. Yeah. Oh so I came across this book and when I started reading it, I felt like I was reading something very, very powerful. Um, and something that I was very, very lucky to have stumbled upon. Um, and yeah, that book, I mean, it, it made so much sense to me. And it felt like I remember vividly reading it on my laptop and feeling like what I was reading was not just words. Um, like there was like there was a very strong spirit or presence um, that mm -hmm. was was with it and, and it was coming through um, through the laptop to me and so that, like that was a very powerful moment for me and I didn't really like in hindsight I didn't really understand what I'd come across but 
So, so that book had very specific processes and, and rituals uh, to do, which do I then carried out. Go on, go ahead. Do you, do you remember what that book is called or what, what no, were some of the rituals? No, I, I don't. I do remember some of the rituals, but I do not remember what it was called. And I have no idea how to ever... I want to see if I, I want to see if I know it. Do you mind sharing? <laughs> sure, the of course. Do you remember? Of course. Yeah. So one of the rituals um, was you had to spend three full nights outside um, and you had to be near like either trees or you had to be near nature and mm-hmm. you had to be out the entire night and it had to be cold. It couldn't be warm. I don't remember if it had to be cold, but it was cold. It, it was in the winter. It was cold. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that, that's what I remember about that. And you had, to, um, you, you had to get a piece of paper. So you had paper and there were these um, symbols. I mean, I mean, symbols is probably not the right word. There's probably a word for it. Um, but tomato, were, tomato. Uh-huh. Yeah. So there was these symbols and you were supposed to draw them out. Um, and then you were supposed to cut your, like, cut your, um, I don't know if it was left or right, but you had to cut. Um, uh, little of your blood magic. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, you know, and, and let the blood drip onto the paper and you. Classic, and, classic. You're, you're, yeah, classic. You're doing all of this in the middle of the night uh, while you're mm-hmm. out. And I don't remember what I was supposed to do during the night. I just remember that it was three nights and you had to get through the entire night. You couldn't leave and you had to be where you were. Um, and were you calling on, like, were you calling on a version of the devil or Lucifer or like, who was this directed to? Mm-hmm. Um, so my, my memories are a little vague. I know that at the time, um, one of the things that, and, and that's why I used this word earlier, um, one of the things that stood out was that it was uh, the beast. Mm, I, was, okay. I, was, I was unleashing the beast uh, within myself. And so I was calling out, I don't know if I was calling out the beast or a beast or, you know, my beast. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, mm-hmm. I just know that that's like, it was that's kind of what I was hoping to do and wanted to do. Um, but I don't remember what the book was asking me to do aside from like those very specific rituals. Um, mm. And there were other rituals as well, but I like, it's, it's a very strange, like I, all the other kinds of uh, periods of my life around that uh, time um, aren't very strange to me and I can kind of like look back at them. Uh, but this particular, like since I came across that particular book, it's very, very vague. And those are really the only things that I remember from that experience that and like, like the, the moment where I did feel uh, the beach was unleashed, the beach, the beast was unleashed. <laughs> the beach was unleashed. Uh-huh. Yeah. She came out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's the the other moment that I remember vividly is is the unleashing of the beast, and then kind of like <laughs> what happened after that was uh, was me, um, you know, engaging in um, not necessarily the the most good uh, goodwilled practices. I think that I did some things that probably were nefarious, and and uh, probably did you do some naughty magic, some some putting mm-hmm. stuff on other people. 
No, I didn't put stuff on other people. I, I did things like go into, like, I, I, I was kind of silly about it. I, like going into a store and like buying something and then, and then giving I the remember, person. Yeah. Yeah. Have I told you the story? Yes. Uh, and yeah. I, that was, I, that was, that was why I really asked this because I was fascinated by that. Uh, cause, mm. cause it felt like you were tapping into this kind of real world effect with your magic. Mm-hmm. In a way that I was still trying to, I was trying to figure out like how to do that in a way that was consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that, yeah. Tell me, tell me more. Yeah. And so, <laughs> Go on. And so, 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 well, that story basically is, is just, um, I walked into a store and bought something. I don't know. Maybe it was like a Kit Kat. I don't remember. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I gave the, uh, the person at the cash register five, five dollars and then got twenty dollars back and that's what i wanted i wanted to go in there Mm. and like get more back than i had given even Mm. though like clearly that wasn't a fair trade and and i didn't care Mm -hmm. at the time because i was i was playing around with things um Mm -hmm. so so there was that and and just kind of um i'll i'll be candid you know, like the, this was this was a this was a, a a different part of me, and I'm not ashamed, and and I'm totally okay. It's okay, yeah. Talking about it now, um. So I I also invested my energy um, and time into learning how to manipulate um, people and mm. how to like like just like have the kind of uh, charismatic or there, there's a word that I'm trying to think of, but having the kind of presence that um, they, like- Magnetism. Exactly, exactly. Mm. That, um, and so using that to my advantage to basically get people to, to feel a certain way or um, be a lot more, like induce them into wanting to, to go along with my intention or my energy. Mm. Um, so just being able to manipulate the energy um, in a room or with other people and, you know, also things like aligning myself with like the dark forces of, like, <laughs> just in general, like just like, just like spending nights, like calling out just the, like the most random, the most random, like dark forces and entities and just being like, you know, I, forging an alliance with them and just I was really really into it like I, re- I really really I, I loved everything about it I loved the the like the the the, the nefarious um, um, intent I loved uh, the power that I felt I was getting from it and the power that I was feeding on and yeah I, I just loved all of it and then and then one day I <clears throat> and this is uh, like how it happened for me. One day I was like, okay, well, this is really, really cool. And like, I've had a really good time, but like, also <laughs> it's, like it's not the ultimate reality. And I kind of like feel like it's time to tap into something else. So then I was like, all right, I'm done with this. Bye. And I walked away from it. And, and that was my story. That's, that's kind of like my mm. experience with it. Mm. And like, hmm. and, and, uh, sorry, just, just to add to that, going no, back, go. yeah, going back to, um, what we were talking about before we started the podcast, um, it, <clears throat> since that, like, 
after that period of time, um, I tried really, really hard. I kind of walked into a time frame of my life where I tried really, really hard to neglect that side of me and kind of push it away as far as I could into a corner. Uh, because I was trying to access like the other things. I didn't want to be nefarious anymore and I didn't want to be dark anymore. Um, and I thought that if I hid those parts of myself, even from myself, um, then no one else would notice and nothing else would notice. And I stood a chance at actually connecting with anything like on the opposite end. Um, Hmm. Yeah, and it took it took a very long time for me to go back and revisit that. For me to have the courage to to actually look at that part of myself and be okay with it and embrace it, and 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 that took a lot of work. I tell you, it took many hmm. many years for me to just be able to say, "Hey, um, I have a dark side, and uh, that's okay. Like it's hmm. okay." Mm-hmm. No, it's just, I'm absorbing. It's really, yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, it's just really interesting. I love that I know this deeper sort of backstory to Mm -hmm. that specific story you shared with me because I remember it really struck me as powerful. And I think I was also, I I had a bit of frustration. I was like, but why would you give that up? Mm -hmm. Why would you walk away from that? You know, like that is, that, that, that can lead you somewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. But I understand more sort of, yeah, like I, I I think I'm getting a more of an understanding of how you engage with spirit Mm -hmm. and how, you know, that, that I, it, it feels to me like, you're you're like an explorer almost you know and you're sort of just tapping into these different fields and yeah and and just just it it i i think that's something i always really appreciated and uh i wanted to adopt that mantle more mm-hmm. when i was when we were living together was that like there was this kind of flexibility in your spirituality that i i just i I didn't know how to bring into my own practice. Mm-hmm. And I realized now a lot of that for me was a kind of fear, right? Of sort of, you know, uh, and, and so in, in the Catholic tradition, you know, baptism is a commitment. First communion is a commitment. Like when you commit to God, right? right? Like you can't just break that, you know? Mm. Like they're, 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 it's sort of like, it's sort of like a, a bond or when we were talking about packs, right? It's like a yeah. covenant or a pack that's formed, you know? And I sort of unwittingly brought that into my other practices of just mm. feeling like if I say yes to something, I can't change my mind if I right. say yes to something. And that's also tied in with a lot of how I was raised just in general, right? Mm-hmm. Of like not really being allowed to change my mind a lot or go back and forth on things a lot that like if I say yes to something, I just have to say yes to it mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, which in hindsight is very unfair, especially to uh, someone who is just, who's young and still figuring themselves out, you know, like, how am I supposed to know if something is good for me unless I sort of get a chance to try it and then also have the space to walk away if I don't want mm-hmm. that? Exactly. Yeah. You know, I definitely was not raised with those tools. I was raised in a much more, in a more different kind of worldview that I didn't really know how to break out of. 
Um, yeah. And so it's really refreshing to, it was, it, it was definitely specifically when, you know, we first started, uh, we first met up in this, in this plane of reality in this lifetime, mm-hmm. you know, it was really refreshing to, to meet someone like that and challenging as well. And, and just a lot of stuff was bring, being brought up for me as well. Um, sort of bearing witness to your journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. awesome. Um, one of the things you said was um, like, once you say yes to something and then you feel like you have to, like you have to stick to that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I definitely, I think that for me, one of the key lessons was with uh, relationships and, and mm. you know, saying yes to a relationship and then kind of like no longer feeling like once I've said yes, like there's, there's no wiggle room of like, mm-hmm. hey, I've changed my mind or, hey, I think I'm changing or, hey, like I'm not so sure anymore or, hey, like it's just, you know, like once you say yes, it's like you signed up for this eternal commitment this agreement yeah it's like binding forever yeah i mean that's it's interesting you know that because we were talking about sort of uh so for the loyal listeners of gabriella um (laughs) we were uh because you have fans now girl you have listeners um uh when gabriella and i first met up we were we were living in this shared house situation mm-hmm. and that devolved because well because i was changing right and one of the other housemates was not okay with that you know that mm-hmm. i sort of said yes to living with um with the sort of connotations of a friendship being built but then that changed as i started living with them um, and that was really challenging. And that also kind of really triggered a lot of my own anxieties around not being allowed to say no, right? Mm-hmm. Which yeah. made me sort of set my boundaries even more firmly and sort of butt heads even more firmly um, in reaction to that. Mm-hmm. You know, because at the time for me, I really felt like I was running away from this older or from, from this, this, this person that I was forced to be growing up right? Mm -hmm. And these restrictions and limitations that was imposed on me, I was really, I was, I was trying to sort of break free from that. Um, And it felt like living with those housemates, I was sort of being forced into relationships again that I didn't want to be in, you know, because really, I just wanted to be friends with you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't, I didn't really like the other two people, you know, I found one of them, I just didn't really like them. And the other one, I was, I, I was just really challenged because they were also, you know, gender fluid and they were also, you know, discovering these things about their gender and about their identity that I was just beginning to. And it was very triggering to, you know, like I really wanted to do that on my own and mm. I didn't know how to communicate that. Like I yeah. didn't want to engage with other, you know, trans people who were doing that, mm-hmm. you know, cause it just felt like I, I had so much going on inside already like I didn't have space to like 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 share that with anyone mm-hmm. or take any of that on from someone else you know um yeah it's it's interesting yeah it really yeah. is relationships are such like incredibly interesting parts of our lives like they are in some ways they are the most challenging one of the most challenging things to interact with and also like the, the greatest um, teachers and mm, mm-hmm. mirrors 
um, that are held up for, for us to look at. Cause like it, like looking back at any of the kinds of relationships I've had with um, people over the years, I, I know now that if I had only been a clear on what my needs were and like how I was feeling and, 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 uh, like really clear on that and, and what my wants were and then B communicated that <laughs> like, like, like was able to, or at least tried um, a lot of things would be different. Um, but like that just wasn't the case. It, <clears throat> it takes time to learn to mm-hmm. um, feel brave enough to communicate our needs. Um, and it also takes time to actually look at what they are um, past like what we think it's supposed to look like or what we think others expect of us. Mm-hmm. 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 It's, yeah, especially that expectation from other people. Mm-hmm. It can be really silencing and challenging, right? Especially I feel like if we are intuitive or we sort of have a kind of like a a spiritual kind of empathy and we can kind of intuit what someone wants from us, you know, and especially if we're raised in an environment where we were taught to put other people's needs before ours, right? Mm. That it's really challenging to, to not let that silence you and to not take that as a threat or as a silencing, you know, when we sort of feel that. Um, yeah. And, you know, sometimes, and sometimes other people do impose that on us, even when they don't necessarily mean to, right. When they don't really give room for discussion, you know, and they aren't sort of making an equal effort to give room for a discussion, maybe because they don't know. Right. Or maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, there's like so, so many, there's so, yeah, relationships can be so interesting. And that's something I've really learned the past while is you know like like accepting the unknown in relationships Mm -hmm. and accepting the unpredictability uh as part of it as as that it it is really a conversation and a dialogue and a dance right and it's not something that stays stagnant Mm -hmm. um you know which can be challenging when you really when you're sort of lacking a kind of social security in your life, right? And you're not sure how to build that social security because in order to really build those solid relationships, you go through the dance, right? Until you really find each other's kind of set of rhythms, you know? Yep. Um, and so it kind of becomes like a double entendre or like a catch-22 of like, okay, well, how do I find secure friend groups when to get into secure friend groups, it has to be unsecure for a bit, you know, which is scary. <laughs> and I don't know how to do that. And it's like, it's the fool card, right? It's taking that leap. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I've got yeah. a question for you on this topic. Um, mm-hmm. as I, I was just thinking of uh, like, as you were talking, um, one of the things that I have found challenging or i i'm calling it challenging but really i'm i'm trying you'll see where i'm going with this so Uh uh for me um being that sort of explorer type um and that definitely that word resonates with me a hundred thousand infinity percent um when when i find myself in relationships or scenarios or environments in which I feel like I am making like my best efforts um, to contribute to like, um, like better 
more positive results that kind of benefit everybody. And when I feel that's not reciprocated, either because, you know, other parties involved don't know how to do that, or they don't want to, or whatever, for whatever reason, it's simply not like meeting um, my efforts. My, my go-to reaction is to basically like pack up and keep <laughs> going and like, just keep exploring because I like, for me, the, the, my approach in my head is just, well, like I'm, I'm doing the best I can and I'm trying and you know, the, the spaghetti is just not sticking to the wall here. So <laughs> like, there's, there's like nothing else for me to do. I like, I may as well, like, just keep moving because I'm, I'm an explorer anyway. So like, I'll, you know, mm. I'll keep exploring until, until I find somewhere where the, the spaghetti does stick and, and like myself and other people in that, in that dynamic and that rhythm are sticking spaghetti on the wall, like together, you know, and, and we're painting a, an awesome um, graffiti painting on the wall with our spaghetti. Um, but if I'm mm-hmm. the only one throwing the spaghetti or I'm the only one doing that, then I don't really want to be there anymore because I, you know, the, the whole point of relationships is so that we're, we're throwing it together mm-hmm. <laughs> like, or like, you know, being present to each other, throwing it. Um, so that's kind of like my go-to reaction is just to remove myself from the environment or the situation. Um, if it no longer feels like it's in alignment, uh, it no longer feels good. So I'd love to hear your thoughts about, um, around that, like how, how do you, um, react or what's your approach in dealing with, uh, people or Mm. scenarios or relationships where you, um, feel that you are making all those efforts that you can make and it's just not, um, coming back to you. It's so interesting you ask this question because during the first lockdown mm-hmm. during the pandemic, I really, I really was faced with that challenge. Mm. Um, and I learned a lot through how everybody responded in the space and in the group, including myself. And also like w- really became self-reflective on my kind of reactions, especially my anger and my frustration and my sadness mm-hmm. um, and how that like sort of colored or 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 influenced the way I responded in a way where that wasn't how you know that that kind of more laid back part of me wants to respond right but for but 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 it hurt so much mm-hmm. you know that I that I like lashed out and I I became angry and upset um but before I do that I feel called to uh, give a prayer for the space and to create a kind of sacred space. And I think if it's okay with you, I'm also, uh, since it's legal now, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I can name this, I'm going to take a bit of cannabis as well and invite uh, some of my sort of spirit guides and other selves and yeah, just my allies into the space because I feel like that would be fun. Yeah, is that okay with you? Totally, go for it. Okay. So I begin by saluting the spirits of the land and of the earth that we both stand upon. Um, Where are you right now? I'm in Brampton, Ontario. Okay. Um, And so we salute the spirits who dwell within the earth of Brampton, Ontario, and we salute the spirits who dwell within the earth of Toronto. Um, 
and we salute, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, and we salute, uh, we salute the indigenous people who were here, who are here, who will be here. We salute the winged ones. We salute the crawling ones. We salute the bones that are buried in the soil. Um, of all the humans and non-human descendants and we honor you and we acknowledge you as, as part of our space and we also salute the spirits of our homes and the spirits who walk with us our holy guides our mighty and blessed dead the ancestors who stand with us um, and we also salute the spirits who watch over us from above. We salute the spirits of the stars, of the angels, of the heavenly choirs, of the celestial bodies, and especially the, the beneficent stars uh, who guide us and the uh, good spirits above who watch over us um, and who dwell within our nativity. We ask for kindness, we ask for protection, and we ask that we are able to commune uh, clearly and truly and with love uh, during this conversation. This we pray in the name of all the holy names that we carry within our hearts and within our being. And we say, so mote it be, so be it, amen. So mote it be, wow. That was awesome. I. Um... Yeah, goosebumps. So <laughs> awesome. And I also salute the spirits of cannabis. Mary Jane. Yeah. C, thank you for bringing me back home into myself again and again and again. And for teaching me that I can do that myself as well. I also appreciate that it's also just more fun with you a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> Blessed be. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you for doing that. That was awesome. I hope more people do that on the podcast. <laughs> that was like a massage. Oh. I'm just going to give a moment of silence to mm -hmm. let the herbs settle into my body. Um, yeah, and to acknowledge the people who will be listening to us. I pray that the right people find us and hear us and that our conversation will uh, bring something good into your lives. Blessed be. Um... So to answer your question, mm -hmm. I, uh, yeah, it's challenging, you know? Um, and I think what I learned through all of that, right, uh, was that th there's something really healing and powerful, both for myself and for those I'm sharing space with. Mm -hmm by accepting the differences in our journeys and by accepting the differences in our needs and our abilities, right. you know, um, and, and then deciding what I want to do accordingly. Right. And so, you know, I've, I've recently reconnected with some of the people who are in that group and I'm rebuilding those connections uh, after stepping away because I understand more like, like where the differences are. Right. Mm -hmm. 
and I want to meet those differences because what keeps me with people is 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 because I care about you and I like you and you know for some people I love you right and mm -hmm. I don't fully know why you know um, but you aren't I don't feel like I'm in any imminent danger with you and I feel safer with you and so I. I, I want to stay connected in mm -hmm. some ways, right? But also, you know, like with these group of people, it was sort of differences in level of engagement. Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, I, I really wanted to engage a lot more, right? And they just didn't have the capacity to, mm -hmm. you know? And that made me feel really hurt and really, really disappointed because for me, one of my wounds and journeys, right, is just feeling very disconnected from community, mm -hmm. you know? Um, feeling really like I, I, I don't know where I belong, you mm -hmm. know, and feeling, uh, and, and especially when I was younger and growing up, right? Like feeling oftentimes like unwanted, Mm -hmm. you know, or, or wanted with many conditions, right. right? That like, I can be here as long as I, I silence these parts of myself and subscribe to these rules and do these things the way that they want me to, you know? And so it's like, I'm not really allowed to be here, right? Mm -hmm. Like you want this version of me that you think I should be, or you think is my full potential to be there, right? Um, and so it like, and it's a wound that I carried for a while without fully having the language and the words and the naming to talk about, mm -hmm. you know? And so it's, it was very sort of in the shadows and subconscious. And with this group of people, I really, I really, I really found like, I really felt like I had like found a space of belonging, right. you know, um, that I had found like people who were like me, people who were, who were on my wavelengths, people who like, who who accepted me you know and mm -hmm. who wanted to be with me and they do want to spend time with me right but but you know like you're especially growing up with the stories that we have about friendships and also just like what you imagine things to be right right like I wanted like a group of friends that I could like text on a regular basis with you know and and who like uh you know like sort of all the kinds of friends that I didn't have growing mm -hmm. up right the friends who 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 had this kind of consistent verbal connection with you mm -hmm. know that I could I would could, I could constantly talk with right and I could engage with you know because mm -hmm. I think that was what really hurt the most about the not belonging was the silence mm -hmm. like it was it was like I was in my own little chamber and there was this glass wall separating me from everything else in the world you know and I couldn't I couldn't like move through that. Um, and it, it felt like I had finally found a sort of remedy for that silence with this right. group of people. Mm -hmm. And then the same, like the same kind of silence started happening. Right. And that was just, it made me just really upset and angry. Mm -hmm. And I was also, you know, I, I was, I was, uh, yeah, there, there was a desire and romance and attraction involved you know, with some of the people as well. And so it just sort of heightened a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we ended up having a few confrontations that really created some distance, right? And I needed to like step away, you know? Um, 
And so I think for me, it's part of that is recognizing like stepping away is not forever, mm-hmm. you know, and that I, I also want to learn to just hold space more, yeah. you know, and, 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 and accept sort of where that other person is at, right? Because it's not necessarily from a place of malice, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes it's just like we're in different places and we have different needs, you know? Yeah, totally. And so, and so like as on the other side of that, as a magician, right? As someone who engages with magic, not just as a psychological device, but as something that I'm, you know, I am, I am influencing the world with, right? Uh, and, you know, for those who are listening, a suspension of disbelief, right? For me and my experience, right? That has this kind of real world effect that I can test and that I can engage with that adds an empowerment to how I engage with the world, both Mm -hmm. within myself, as well as through what it can bring to me in synchronicity, right? Um, That like, I can also put my energy towards conjuring people and calling for people, Mm -hmm. right? That, that can meet those needs so that I can have space for different kinds of friendship in my mm-hmm. life is something I'm learning, right? Um, that right now, you know, I have friends that I can talk with on a regular basis that who will answer and who will respond and who will want to hold space, right? Mm-hmm. In the ways that I need to and who I can hold space for in the ways that they need to, right? Um, yeah, that that it's sort of, you know, it, 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 it's very fluid is what it feels like Mm -hmm. um how to engage with these things and I think I'm learning for me that it's really it's pleasure it's desire that that is at the core of it and that's okay you know that like I I choose to stay connected with someone just because a part of me wants to you know and wants to in this way that doesn't feel detrimental or or internalized abuse or, or, or a kind of trauma response. But like, mm. I just, I just like them. I don't know why, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And to let that sort of navigate whether I choose to just walk away or I choose to, to, cr- to maintain a kind of connection and tether, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. 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 What, one of the things you said was uh, walking away is not necessarily forever. And, and mm-hmm. I think that that's a, a key point to remember that walking away could be as little as five minutes, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. three hours um, to three years. Like it, walking away, the act of walking away in that moment, it does not, does not set the future in stone. You can always uh, walk back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like i think that that um that perspective um can can help with a lot of areas in our lives where we're kind of we feel like things are rigid and we feel like um we need to do things the right way or properly Hmm. or Mm -hmm. or we're just trying to figure it out and, and trying to do the best we can and we forget in that process that you know so long as we're still here um, the, the game is still on and, and as long as the game is still on, you know, you can still, uh, make new choices and those new choices could very well undo old choices. Like the, the options are still here. 
they they just don't change. I mean, in some cases, the options are no longer options. Yes, uh, but for the most part, so long as we're we're here, um, mm-hmm. you can you can walk back. You can walk away ten times. You can walk back ten times. Um, hmm. 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 What prompted you to ask that question? Um, I guess because it, it's something that I, um, I've struggled with that narrative in my head that, you know, questioning whether or not my, my go-to reaction is coming from a healthy place. Um, mm. Is it, you know, because I'm, am, am I doing, am I walking away in certain scenarios because um, it, it's too hard to like work through things or am I walking away because it, it, I actually think it's a rational and reasonable choice to make. Mm. Um, yeah. And so like it's, uh, and I, I just find that it's good to have conversations about these kinds of things uh, because mm-hmm. it, it helps it helps refine that perspective and, and it helps make it more sense. Um, Cause otherwise I'm just stuck with my own reasoning and yeah, you know, that, that gets me some places, but it also gets me nowhere sometimes. <laughs> it helps to hear um, other perspectives and um, other voices because that, that, that helps me shape my own. Um, mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, Mm-hmm. I have a question for you then. Uh-huh. Which, so, do you ever feel a kind of fear of being seen? You know, at the mm. sort of, the, the kind of weights that you might feel around that or responsibilities or consequences, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. And if you do, how do you sort of navigate or engage with that? Hmm. Um, so I, I would say for me, I have certainly felt a ton, like fear of being seen has most definitely been a part of my journey. Um, it's been a part of my journey for a very long time. And um, I can now say that things have changed in that I, I have tools now um, and I have perspectives now that, that help me work through that. But in the past, it was definitely uh, one of my, my biggest challenges and just not just being so afraid that uh, letting anybody see me or letting people see certain parts of me would feed into what I thought would be their, like their rejection of me. So mm. it's kind of like, um, the, the, the story in my head was something along the lines of, you know, people are going to reject me anyway. They already have. Um, but as long as they, they don't see this part of me or these parts of me or don't see me, then I stand a chance at that changing. Uh, but if they see any of those parts, um, then it's a done deal. Like it, it's, it's confirmed like, because, mm. because those are the parts of me that I'm afraid will make anyone want to reject me or. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, as far as how I deal with it now, 
Um, I think I just, I, I think in some ways I reached a point where giving into my fear and not being seen was worse than the fear mm. of, of what might happen if I was seen because mm. I was already like on the losing end of things. Um, cause I, I wasn't feeling, um, good. I, I wasn't feeling, um, fulfilled. I like, there was a part of me, I mean, in some ways I was, but there was a part of me that wasn't being seen. And so long as that wasn't being seen, um, it just sucked. And I, I, hmm. I think I just like hit a point where I didn't want it to suck anymore. Mm. And, and the only way to get, uh, around that like the only way to change that was to be seen so then i kind of just figured well if if that's if that's what i need to do then how how can i uh what kinds of things can i do to make myself feel seen like what kinds mm. of things um can i actually do or say what does it look like for me to feel seen what makes me feel seen and heard mm. um and getting clear on that and then and then just kind of doing it like taking action and uh like really carrying that out and and doing that consistently over time um and i, I think over time that became a little more intuitive um and the the sort of default reaction of of hiding uh became less intuitive and as that balance shifted now it's not so much something that I do as intentionally as I used to. Like I, I don't, I don't necessarily, you know, sit down like at the beginning of my day and think about like, what are all the ways that I can feel <laughs> seen today? You know, because I, I don't feel that that's necessary anymore. Um, what I do do is try and notice as much as I can when I'm not feeling good or in any way, like if, if I notice a discomfort, um, start asking myself, you know, is this, is this discomfort here because I'm not feeling seen? Is there something that I am afraid to show? Is there hmm. something that I'm afraid to be in this moment? Uh, and if that is the case, then what is that? And what can I do to change that? What can I do to, to let that thing be seen? Um, yeah. Does that, does that mm. answer the question? Yeah, it does. And, and in hearing that, I'm also thinking about the opposite of it, you mm -hmm. know, because I think another lesson I've been learning is sort of being seen by the right people, mm. you know, and being hidden from those who, you shouldn't see you right mm -hmm. um and yeah and thinking about you know i think because uh i don't know if this made it into the recording that we're doing but we were talking about sort of polarities you know mm -hmm. and uh going to opposite exact opposite ends of extremes right um and i think yeah i asked these questions because a thing that I've been noticing, you know, and I think a lot of people maybe experience this in different ways, right? Especially now is these kind of spikes of discomfort and fear, mm. you know, uh, in your body. And sometimes not even knowing sort of where it's fully coming from right away, mm. you know? And as we were talking, I noticed that energy in the space for me 
you know, and I began thinking, okay, is this because, you know, I am, is this because I'm working with cannabis right now and we're being recorded, mm-hmm. you know, or is this, and yes, that's a part of it. Is this because, uh, because of just everything going on in the world right now? Yes, that's a part of it. And then is this because you are being seen? And it's mm-hmm. like, yes, that's a part of it as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, that's a part that encompasses all of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that encompasses all the, other, all the other fears, you know, is the consequences of being seen and mm-hmm. the consequences of being seen by those who may not do good for you, right? And I, I name all of this because sometimes I catch myself, and it's interesting, we were talking about this the other day, of sort of trying to sever my fear, mm-hmm. you know, and, and sever these parts of me that don't feel good. And it's interesting because uh, this, this client that I was uh, working with for a bit, who was also a magician, who was also a practitioner, mm-hmm of ceremony and ritual technologies and yada yada right um they gave me this message during our session you know and i was quite affronted by it i didn't it was one of those instances where i didn't know how to take it you know Mm. because i felt like well i you're the client right now and i am the i'm the professional who's doing this work for you so just let me do this (laughs) work for you you know but he 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 was really trying to make it into more of a dialogue Mm -hmm. and i just didn't really know how to do that at the time Uh, But he gave me this message that said, um, you know, you're trying to change yourself by cutting off pieces of you, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, that's, that's painful. That's hurting yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's, it's tough because the feelings don't always feel good, you know, and you kind of just want to create, I'm learning to create distance rather than sever. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I'm noticing sort of when my fear is trying to communicate something to me and when it is a part of me trying to communicate something to me, right? That has more than just the sort of surface areas of fear, sort of like how I work down from to the core of it, which is I'm being seen, right? Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, um, and the, the anxieties around that, um, yeah especially when you aren't trying to present or you don't want to present like this kind of polished singular exterior anymore mm-hmm. when you just want to exist and being seen. Yeah. Yeah. That's so beautiful. That, that's so beautiful, especially that last part um, when you just want to exist and be seen. I know, but it's hard, right? And mm-hmm. it's like protection is necessary sometimes, you know? Yeah. Like you, you have to sort of, cloak yourself or shroud yourself in a certain way right because you know because the world isn't ready to fully see you as you are Mm. you know so so can we so so this actually ties back into uh if we rewind a little bit you had Mm -hmm. said you had said sometimes um it it makes sense not to be seen or something along those lines sometimes Mm -hmm. it makes Mm -hmm. sense not can you can you elaborate on that what what do you mean by like what's an example of that um just elaborate right tell me more i mean i think it's just about sort of like accepting that the inherent ambiguousness of the world Mm -hmm. right um that like the reality of it is you know 
not everyone wants the best for you, right?、Mm-hmm. And not everyone is your ally, and not everyone is your support, and not、mm-hmm. everyone is here to like walk with you, you know.、Mm-hmm. And so I only want the people who want to do that with me to like、mm-hmm. see me, right? Right.、Uh, to the to the degree of vulnerability that、uh, that I I feel good sharing. You know、mm-hmm. that 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 gets to my authentic self, right? And there it is, right? Because there is, there there is an inherent danger, right?、Mm-hmm. To be to be queer or to be trans, to be a person、mm-hmm. of color, you know, and and especially with queerness and transness,、uh, as someone who is more sort of androgynous and gender ambiguous,、mm-hmm. you know, like sometimes it's easier for me to just go out in boy clothes,、mm-hmm. right? Sometimes、yeah. it's easier for me to just sort of assume the form of, or or a more androgynous interpretation of like the form that people assume that I would dress as and behave、mm-hmm. as. Yeah, you know, just so that like I can like move through my day. You know,、mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's like one example I can think of. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 totally like a, an example that that I thought of. I like I pictured myself as like. Black queer pansexual like hanging out. I don't know, like in in a southern state somewhere, in a small town. <laughs> like, probably not the best place to be seen in in my full, yeah, you know,、um, full full gear or outfit.、Um, yeah, that is my spirit.、Um, but that 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 brings up something、uh, interesting. So I today I was. I was scrolling the gram and、uh, <laughs> scrolling the gram,、uh-huh. and I I I don't necessarily like scrolling posts, but I do like stories. I like I like seeing what people are up to,、um, mm-hmm. and I I like it especially when a story is an invitation into their space rather than、mm-hmm. like something that they're sharing, like a bunch of writing. But when it's like their kitchen or their living room or you know just their life, that makes me feel. Like、um, there's an intimate experience happening, and and I like that. So、mm-hmm. so one of the things I saw was um, this um, this person had tweeted or or had shared this tweet or or something about、um, you know、uh, something that someone had written about J.K. Rowling and、uh, the the transphobic、um, comments <laughs>、yes. uh-huh. on, on Twitter and. Um, and you know, don't. It was something like you know, don't don't spend your money on her stuff. Blah blah blah.、Um, mm-hmm. So I had no idea. So I reached out to this person and said, "Thank you for sharing this. I had no idea. Like I I didn't know、mm-hmm. that." And and so then I googled.、Uh, you know, I googled J.K. Rowling transphobia. <laughs>、mm-hmm. Oh no! <laughs> like, well, I wanted to know, like, what? Yes, what, yes,、uh, yes.、Uh-huh. You know, I, like I love Harry Potter, and、mm-hmm. you know, me too. Yeah, probably like a lot of people. Um, hearing something like that makes makes us think of Harry Potter, and that makes us feel like a little、um, like there's a discomfort that comes up in like liking something that comes from a person that is saying harmful things、um, mm-hmm. to people or communities that we care about or communities that we are a part of.、Um, so, so for that reason, I googled it and I started looking into it. And I read this article, and it was kind of like showing a bunch of tweets that she had tweeted. And and so my understanding was basically, and I read one article, just so you know, that, that is the extent of my research. 
Um, but the, like from reading her tweets, it sounds like she is saying, um, stop, stop trying to change what sex is. Um, but I didn't necessarily see anything in reference to gender. Um, it seems like it, like her tweets were specifically directed towards the word sex. Um, mm. but, but I, so I didn't really understand. And again, that was my one article. So I still don't mm-hmm. really understand what, uh, what's going on there, but I thought I'd bring it up because I think it's interesting <laughs> to talk about, um, mm-hmm. like, when something like that happens and somebody, you know, you either admire or feel grateful for, for the kinds of work that they have brought into the world that you appreciate. And then hearing something that paints a picture of them as sort of not an ally of a community that we're part of, um, you know, like that's a weird place to be in. And then, so like, I find myself wanting to try and understand her perspective and try and mm. like, understand why she would say those things rather than jumping to, she's saying them because of X, Y, Z, because she's, you know, mm. uh, transphobic. Like I want to understand it. And, and that part of me that wants to understand it is the part of me that's afraid that if she is in fact like, you know, being harmful or acting out in a harmful way, then what does that mean for me with my relationship with Harry Potter and my love ah, for Harry Potter? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it, it like, that's now in jeopardy and I don't mm-hmm. know how to like reconcile the two. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I thought I'd bring that up because I'd love to hear your thoughts about that. Well, uh, Let's start with Miss J.K. Rowling first. Okay. She, um, I, can't, I can't speak for the whole community, mm-hmm. but what she is doing is harmful, okay. right? Um, you know, in the way that she's talking about, and because there were more tweets than just that. Gotcha. You know, there were tweets about her complaining that like trans women shouldn't be using women's bathrooms. You know, there were tweets of her sort of, just sort of being very flippant about, I mean, even with the idea of sex, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like this binary understanding of male and female sex for one doesn't include intersex people who are a natural part of our population, Yeah, you know? Um, And also it's just like, it care it, it, it's not just sex right because it care that little letter on your identification mm-hmm. it carries so much cultural weight especially in like oh, western totally. society yeah. right and so you know like transness is about expanding out of these ideas and beyond these ideas right mm-hmm. of accepting their you know of honoring their place among the varied myriad of things right that and it's also so interesting that I can talk with talk about this with you now, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because the last time we engaged with each other, I was like a baby queer who didn't really know anything about anything. Um, yeah, and it's interesting what sort of experience and like what the kind of language you find. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that like it's it's sort of like transness for me is about expanding beyond these binaries. Mm-hmm. you know, of honoring them as part of the myriad of ways that people 
engage with their bodies and identify with their bodies, right? And, and the stories that we have about our bodies that feel true and right to us, you know? But, so there's that, right? And she also wrote the book, you know, she came out with this new book about a male serial killer who cross-dresses to like kill people, you know? And oh, wow. there's like, okay. yeah, there's like, there's like, there's, she's having, I think for her, right? And she, she's not alone. Like there's a very specific group of feminists who right. are called TERFs, right? And they, they really are very anti-trans and, and, you know, in different countries, they have different names, I think, because I think there's like a UK branch as well. Mm -hmm. But like, they're, they're, you know, they're very anti, like they don't like trans people. And I think part of that is just transphobia. You know, it's just sort of the kind of judgment values we were raised with, mm -hmm. right? Uh, towards people who play with gender especially because we have so many cultural taboos and weights and just like there's such like a seriousness about our gender in western society yeah. like it's so like it's binary and it is what it is and you know and it, it is what god gave you and it's very like there's a lot going on there so people who break that are uncomfortable right and we are taught to see them as threats right um through our media, through the stories that we're raised with, through, through just all the things, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so there's that. But I think there, there's also, you know, there's fear and there's trauma there, right? Because with the transphobia comes the assumption that like trans women and trans feminine people are just men in dresses, right. you know? And like that, that is just not true. That's not true to our experiences mm -hmm. with sexism and with the patriarchy and with the specific kind of violence that trans feminine people experience, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not true to how we were, both how we were conditioned and how we didn't fit into those conditionings, right? And the violence that was inflicted on us for that, you mm -hmm. know, and it, it's not true to sort of like, like in my personal experience, right? Like I have always experienced sexism, you know? Mm -hmm even as someone who was just seen as a feminine boy because that was almost like worse in a lot right. of instances you know because that was like you're like betraying your gender in this in this like very patriarchal toxic kind of way right mm -hmm. um yeah that's so so it's like so this assumption is not true but this assumption also creates fear you know because then it's the creepy men in dresses who are trying to go into the bathroom to assault right. women Exactly. Right. Like that's where the anxiety is sort of that's 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 the kind of cover for the anxiety as well as the misinterpretations transphobia gives you and the prejudices transphobia gives you. Right. Mm -hmm. That like give that interpretation, you know, when really we're just trying to pee. Like, honestly, <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to poop. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to use the bathroom. I'm not like, you know, I, I like that all of that other stuff is you like mm -hmm. it's I'm I'm not it's not really about you it's about me and my bladder and, and what I need to do as someone who is walking in a human body who produces waste <laughs> you know like that's that's it's not really about you but there's all of this stuff around it because there's all of this stuff around transness mm -hmm. right and so that's where I'm at with JK Rowling you know I like I just don't really pay her any mind and I just, I don't really engage with her anymore mm -hmm. um, because it's just like, she's, she's, she's going through something and she's doing, doing a thing, 
you know, and hopefully she'll come to a place where she will apologize for this and take ownership for, you know, and take responsibility for the harm that she's done and work towards, you know, trans advocacy and trans allyship and trans, you know, reparations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe come to a place where, you know, she can laugh at herself with mm-hmm. about this, right? And how silly this is, this vendetta, you know, is, right? Because yeah. really, it's not about you. <laughs> Again, it's really not about you. And it's kind of weird that you're making it about you, Miss Roland, you know, like, it's really, it has nothing to do with you, right? You're sort of inserting yourself into this narrative about shared space that I can see how you would do that. But also it's about trans people wanting to pee in the space where they feel safer, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, like that, it doesn't really have to do with all that other stuff. Um, and so, you know, and so, yeah. And with that, right, comes Harry Potter, which is, <laughs> It's hard right, because right. I love Harry Potter too, you know? Yeah. Um, and for me, I think I can hold, I can hold nostalgia and I can hold care for stories that have done a lot in my life mm-hmm. and really changed my life and, 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 and gave me empowerment in some way, you know, or gave me a space to dream and a space to, to, to retreat and a space to shelter myself, right? Um, and I can honor Harry Potter for that. And I can, I can, I, I, I don't necessarily want to just abandon all of those stories, mm-hmm. you know, but it is different, right? Knowing the author, you know, yeah. and, and thir- certain things become apparent, right? In, in sort of how she writes her characters and how she tells her stories and how there are no, you know, visible. And part of that is, I think, just being like a, like a sort of, British writer, right? Mm-hmm. I can understand how like just the conservativeness of the possible conservativeness of her publisher or, you know, and the specific sort of British values, right? And conversations on trans. I'm not sure because I, 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 I'm not British, you know, and I don't, I don't know as much about that. But I can see that, but there's like no queer people in her stories, right? Mm. And then like she later starts talking about how Dumbledore is gay, you know? Um, and, and then like sort of supporting that with, with, with kind of stereotypical little, little bite pieces from her, her series, right? Of like, look at, you know, he likes knitting patterns, right? Or like <laughs> something that somehow sort of is like a, nod and wink and hint to you know Dumbledore's gayness right and it's very yeah it's and so you know I guess for me I've sort of I I've also grown through that series and I've found other stories you Mm -hmm. know that that hold similar spaces for me part one stick around for part two we most certainly needed a break um anyway stay tuned part two is coming up uh, yeah hope you come back for the rest of that conversation <laughs>